Tuning in to the 540th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Eros Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening. I thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Air Radio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys today. Gonna have Kenny Simmons, Scotty Expert for Twins Free Sports to break down and recap all the head coaching hires and assistant coaching hires around the NFL. This is a pod that me and Kenny probably did about a month ago. I've been saving the pod vaults. I do want to apologize to everybody. I've been releasing about one pod a week. Just been really busy with work. Uh, I'm grinding on this NFL draft stuff as the NFL draft approaches at the end of the month. So I've just been uh, busy and living my best life in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right? Per the new usual, as I always say. But uh, no, uh, we will start going to two to three podcasts. I know I've been saying that, but now I actually really mean it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Zach is going to start coming on on Sundays again. That's going to be the plan, particularly as we start heading into the NBA postseason. So I just want to give everybody a little bit of itinerary of what's going on there. Uh, before we get to the show with Kenny, I'm going to get my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast to your friends and family, whether you're at Rutherford's, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, I have thing timestamped. You can click on the timestamp and it will send you to every part of the podcast you'd most like to listen to, folks. It is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nitrate underscore lane. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two five minute clips of this podcast right here. This is my second show outside the shop. And lastly, if Apple are iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, I don't like the pod. Then for now, we're not, folks. But just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. I'm going to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Renan, can you see him on the show? I'm going to next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Kenny Sim with the scouting expert for Trench 47 Sports to talk about the new NFL head coaches. We got five new guys. So, Kenny, obviously the coaching carousel, it's done spinning. So, let's start with this. Let's start with the big fish. Sean Payton going to Denver. How do you see this going? Well, Sean Payton's definitely one where you know, he comes in with a lot of clout, a lot of credibility. He was the only coach hired in the cycle that has won his Super Bowl. And, you know, he comes in with an over 600 win percentage. So his chief task here is getting Russell Wilson back to where he's been in the past. I don't know if he's ever going to be at that MVP level again, but he could be way better than he was last year, and he's going to have to be. I don't know if he's ever going to play to the level of his contract, of being a top-five quarterback, because that's what he's being paid to do. But Sean Payton is going to have to 
you know, build an offense around him, similar type of style of play with a shorter quarterback, drop back passing game. Um, he's been in the, he's been in this game long enough to be able to decipher defenses like Drew Brees, um, and, and and then you know throwing it to receivers, throwing it and targeting running backs, and, and getting Russell Wilson back up to par. So um, that's his key task. He's going to be running that offense. I like the hire of Vance Joseph as a defensive coordinator that's going to blitz and attack that attack style defense and you know with both of that you have to like it for Sean Payton um you know with being probably the top coach on the market it's just that he's going into a very very tough competitive division with probably going forward at best the third best quarterback in that division now. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. if. Do you think that Sean Payton might have overplayed his hands taking this job? You know, I think he could have. I mean, if he would have sat out this year, he definitely would have been still in high demand going forward uh, next year in 2024. So even if he's out for two years, you know, you got to think whether he wants the Dallas job or not, that that could be open. Uh, both Los Angeles spots potentially, but it's just going to a division. It, it's just going one to the AFC, which is hard enough, and then going to the AFC West where, I mean, you got I mean, the Chiefs have won the division the last seven straight years for for seven straight years, and that's the easiest path to the playoffs. So now you're looking at, I uh, you mean you're looking at getting into the playoffs. How are you gonna do that? You're looking at a wild card at best, and you start playing that out. It's just a very difficult division to go into, and he has definitely he probably did you know the had that job. He has good good relationships with the new ownership group now. So if there is something that goes wrong, probably, you know, he's safe as opposed to the general manager. So he has a long leash, but it's just the fact that, you know, the division he plays in and having that quarterback, you know, Russell Wilson, probably the third quarterback at best in the division going forward in the future, um, that makes, that makes things difficult. Now, you know, he was able to win a lot of NFC South titles, um, you know, in the mid-2000s when the NFC South at the time was very competitive as well with, you know, three MVPs at quarterback in those division. But, um, you know, this is probably... I, I, I would have to say dealing with Russell Wilson sounds like a lot, but... It probably was the top job, I would say. Um, when you look at ownership group, quarterback, ways to get better, um, it probably was the best one. But um, this year, I didn't feel like any of the five job openings were, were you know, particularly appealing for co- for, for head coaches. I, I I I see all of them, all all of them have significant negatives. 
Will Sean Payton be the head coach of the Denver Broncos in three years? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say yes. Um, if things don't go well, definitely the GM will go first. And then, you know, after about three years, I mean, they, they, they could probably move on from Russell Wilson, whether it is eating a lot of salary or, you know, extending, doing, uh, manipulating the cap and the contract to, you know, bring in a different quarterback if, if, if things really go well. The, the ownership group are probably will, 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 willing to spend like that. So Sean Payton right now, probably, you, know, you take a look at the big pillars of a team, you know, the GM, coach, and quarterback, he probably has the longest leash and the most credibility in the organization. So because of that, I would bet on Sean Payton, you know, being the coach of the Broncos three years from now. So next, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. They hire Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. How do you like that move? Yeah, I think this one comes with a lot of a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Um, you know, it felt like the Cardinals settled. I they had interviewed Sean Payton. They interviewed everyone. It sounded like this was, you know, their sixth or seventh choice. But tough spot. Tough spot for Jonathan Gannon to come into. One, he's a defensive head coach. Two, got to deal with Kyler Murray. That sounds like a full day. And, you know, they have to, I mean, he really has an unmovable contract. So he's is risky that, you know, his first stint as a head coach is largely going to be tied to how Kyler Murray plays. And he's already out for, you know, probably the first – part of the season. I don't know if he's going to start the season on time. They, they tore his ACL late at the end of the year. Uh, but it's, it's it's one where you look at the Cardinals and I mean, they have a rookie head coach and a rookie GM. So right there, there's going to be a, a rebuild on a roster that is not very good. It's a roster that's old. It's a roster that needs to get better in a lot of spots. And so this is a multi-year rebuild um, and from the coordinator standpoint he's hiring two first-time coordinators on offense and defense so very young inexperienced staff and you know he's in a division where the three other teams are very well-run organizations so, you know, I'm looking at in the next three years for all of these teams' openings, path to the playoffs. It's going to be hard to make the playoffs if if, if, if you're the Cardinals because probably not going to win the division, and you got to beat Seattle or Los Angeles Rams to be at least in, to be at least in third place at best. So it's 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 one where there's a significant rebuild um, for Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals. Will Jonathan Gannon be the head coach of the Cardinals in three years? I'm going to say I'm going to lean no on this one. Uh, just because you know it's hard to bring coach in for it, it, it's hard to bring coach uh, back and 
year four if he has not made the playoffs in three years. And with this one, I mean, I don't see the Cardinals making the playoffs next year. And then, you know, multi-year rebuild. So how that goes out and having, you know, first-year general manager Monte Asimford is going to have to build this team back up. And so there's way more uncertainty than certainty. Do you think he'll do a better job than Cliff Kingsbury did in Arizona at least? Yeah, I think he's going to bring some discipline. He's going to bring some discipline at play, more accountability. He's going to be one where, I mean, Cliff hired more for Kyle Murray specifically, so having Jonathan Gannon is one where, you know, maybe he's looking over the entire team and he's involved, you know, more on the defense too and more in, um, and more in player evaluation because he's, he's been in the NFL unlike Cliff Kingsbury and he actually has a, he was actually a scout uh, John, Jonathan Gannon he, he was actually really early in his career he was actually a scout for the uh, St. Louis Rams so um, he's been in the NFL longer so knowing some of those day to day operations that take place he has that, whether Cliff Kingsbury was stepping into something totally new. He's been a head coach before, but not at the NFL level. So next, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts hiring Shane Steichen. Uh, something interesting about this is this continues the pull from like that Doug Peterson tree, right? They have Frank Wright there, who was under Doug Peterson. Uh, Nick Sirianni was in Indianapolis, I believe, under um uh, Frank Reich, then he goes to Philadelphia. Shane Steichen's under Frank Reich, uh, under excuse me, under Nick Sirianni. Then Shane Steichen goes to Indianapolis. So you see that little connection there that they keep pulling from. How do you think this works? So he is a uh, he is an off he, he is offensively oriented, and you know I have him. You know, as a as a candidate, I thought he's gonna be. I I, I I had him as, you know, the number three candidate available of, of reasonable coaches who would go to be head coaches next year because of the job he did with Jalen Hurts. But not only that, he was also the quarterbacks coach in 2020 for the Chargers when Justin Herbert broke the single season record for most touchdown passes. So. This one is going to be entirely dependent on the type of quarterback that they bring in. Because if they bring in, I'm looking at traits with traits that he's worked with before. If he brings in a big, a big mobile quarterback, you know, a, a quarterback that is that's similar like a Herbert, similar like Jay, Jalen Hurts, and he could build. And some of those RPOs, um, you know, with that offensive line that needs to be retooled, but it does have Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor, and utilize Jonathan Taylor early with a young quarterback, and then you begin to progress to that type of, you know, RPOs, um, play action off that, types of concepts that young quarterbacks have had. Like 
you know, it's it's largely going to be dependent on the quarterback that he gets because, you know, Houston, Indiana, rebuild, Tennessee, uh, probably looking arrow pointing down that they're going to need to kind of retool that team, you know, whether it's this offseason or next offseason. But but point being is if they could get the quarterback right, they could turn this around to where they're competing with the Jazz, which I'm looking at. How do you make the playoffs in the AFC? How do you make the playoffs in the next three years? Um, the division's best bet to do that. So it's it, it really going to be dependent on getting a quarterback that Shane Steichen can work with and then that ultimately, um, you know, giving him enough time to develop that quarterback and develop that offense because, you know, that is going to take some time with a rookie Q, Q, QB, and it, it, it's also an offense that needs that needs some retooling as well. It's not a ready-made offense. You think Shane Steichen will be the head coach of the Colts in three years? I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because um, he, he has traditionally done a good job with quarterbacks in the past and they're probably going to spend their pick on a highly touted first round pick and I could see you know you know, leaning on a run game uh, playing to this quarterback strengths in a dome where they're progressing enough over three years that you know Jim Irsay wouldn't pull the plug on it. Which also having Jim Irsay's on that sounds like a full day as well. That's a wild so card that's for sure. One of the, that is, yeah, that's one of the red flags of the uh, of, of uh, taking the Colts job. Can Steichen really do that much of a better job than what Frank Reich did? Because, I mean, Frank Reich, what he did in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz, uh, their Super Bowl year was pretty fantastic and what he's done as a coach. So can he do really that much of a better job than what Frank Reich did? Well, he could do a similar job to Frank Reich, but they never really gave they never really gave Frank Reich a... A, a quarterback. He know, had Andrew he Luck, who retired, then Jacoby Brissett, then Philip Rivers, then Matt Ryan, then Carson Wentz. Yeah, he had five quarterbacks in five years. Just exactly what you said. So this is, uh, you know, Frank Reich made the playoffs two out of four years and um, had a winning record over four plus years. So it's it's this looks like that, you know, the the success of Indianapolis it is really going to be largely dependent on having head coach, GM, owner all on the same page in that building with whatever quarterback they get. And if they're all moving in the same direction, it could definitely work. I mean, we've, we've seen it happen where, you know, Colts, as that quote that Jim Irsay said, that over the last 20 years, they've been in the upper quartile of the upper quartile in wins. But they, they, they've been a, uh, they've been a, a team that's, you know, over the last 20 years, that's won way more than they haven't. But but if, if, if they get this quarterback right, they could get back on track and 
you know, you know, make the playoffs, uh, uh, but show some progress. But it's really, it's really going to be dependent on having everybody on the same page in the building um, at the quarterback spot. So let's go to the Carolina Panthers. They hire Frank Reich. Speaking of the man, how do you think he's going to do in Carolina? You know, I like the uh, I, I I really like the staff that he's been able to develop and bring in, and he's bringing in um, former Lions and Colts head coach Jim Caldwell to assist with the offense. Um, he was able to bring. Giro Havero, a very young, bright defensive coordinator. He was the coordinator of the Broncos last year. Bring him over to run the defense on a unit that already has a lot of good young players on it. And he has kind of been the quarterback whisperer. And so, you know, based on the staff and the landscape of the division, is really appealing. Um, one reason why I like Frank Reich is, you know, they, they have a coach who's been able to develop and get the best out of quarterbacks, and he's in a division on, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. I, I, I mean, there's no head coach that anyone is sold on in the NFC South. There's no team in the NFC South that even has their franchise quarterback of the future on it. And so, what I like with Carolina, Frank Reich, is they have a head start on this. I like Frank Reich. If they could get a, a veteran or if they take a quarterback that, again, ownership, GM, head coach like, they could get a head start on this rebuild that really every team in the division is facing and kind of get be a little bit of an early adopter and be the first mover and get that, re- and get that rebuild moving quickly and, you know, have this thing competitive next year, in two years, and then you look in two years, I mean, the Bucks are probably going to be in a rebuild with a lot of older players. Um, the Saints have cap issues getting older as well. So once they start really declining, then you see teams that are ready to go post-Brady and post-Drew Brady's the Panthers are in that position right now, I would say, of all the teams that are ready to, you know, win the division and build this and kind of take the division uh, take the division for the next couple of years because it is wide open for anyone. So you think Frank Reich's going to be here for a few years? Frank Reich's going to be here for a while in Carolina. Yeah, I hope so. Um you know, I like Frank Reich. I hope so. They've had a, a very a very hands-on owner in David Tepper who has basically everything this guy has touched in Carolina since he's gotten there has, has turned into a disaster. So I hope they give him enough time. Um, and it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting what they do because they've always wanted to go big game hunting at quarterback, and they're sitting there at number nine, so they're going to have to probably – jump several teams to get their the quarterback that they like. Um, you know, when they go a veteran route, you know, I don't know if you get Derek Carr, how if, if, how, if he's the true, you know, quarterback in the future that you can win division titles with year after year. So, 
Um, you definitely want to see Frank Wright given enough time to really implement this program because if you give them enough time, I do think that they'll have, you know, some success. And, you know, they can get back to the days, in, you know, the uh, success they've had with winning the division and making the playoffs on a long tenure, like with Ron Rivera, if they could do that in Carolina, you know, I think that would be a success for them. So, Frank Wright, probably best coach in the division too, right? I mean, Arthur Smith. Uh, yeah. With all those other guys, I mean, Todd Bowles. He has to be the best coach in the division. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I like about the uh, hire and one thing I like about the Panthers right now. So let's go to Houston. They hired D'Amico Ryan, a guy you've been pretty high on. How does this work? Well, I like what I like about when I first saw the hiring of D'Amico Ryan, it fired up the fan base because he played there, a very good player there. But we got a six year contract. So this is really the first time that that it feels like that the Texans ownership group is really committed to a head coach. You know, I don't know. I just don't know how they saw this going with David Culley and Lovey Smith. But now with Lovey, with, with now with D'Amico Lyons, this sounds like now the third coach in three years that they're really going to give him a long runway to rebuild this team and get it back to where it was when the late Bob McNair was the owner and they were pretty good when they had uh, Gary Kubiak and Andre Johnson that's been a long time though and even Bill O'Brien they were able to make the playoffs but, but I like how they give the Miko Lions a long runway um, to develop this team and vision because there's you know they have a lot of draft picks um now this is really, it feels like they've kind of wasted the last two years. It's really the first year where, you know, Nick Casario could really begin to draft players and they could begin to have a strong focus on winning. And, you know, hopefully they keep their head coach and GM and have some con- continuity to build this program. But the positives here is it looks like he's going to have a long runway and they probably are going to have their uh pick at quarterback whether they stay at number two or if they you know flip flop with Chicago but they're gonna be able to have their head coach and quarterback year one together and grow this team um with enough draft capital and cap space and do this the right way. Is he going to be the man to turn around the Houston Texans at the end of the day? You know, there's a lot that goes into that. I I like to think that he will. Um, I like to think that he will. The offensive coordinator hire is very important to him. Uh, And... And, and 
having him since since he's more focused on the defensive side of the ball. Um, having a coordinator that's been able to develop a young quarterback will be important, and you know, not having to shuffle through coordinators like what a you know a, a similar bright defensive mind that came from San Francisco, Robert Sala is doing right now in New York, but. Um, that is going to be an important hire is offensive coordinator. And then, you know, showing enough progress year after year to build this up. One of the negatives now of this job is this is by far kind of the, um, of all of the job openings. This is probably the worst team and situation. They've, you know, you take a look at any power ranking. I mean, they've, they've, they've probably been, the Houston Texans have probably been number 32 in the power rankings over the last two years, more weeks than any team. So there's a lot of draft capital and cap space to work with, but he's starting off, you know, with probably, you know, the worst roster in the NFL, the worst roster of the five teams that are, um, that have head coaches. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and get up next after the break. I do want to talk a little bit about some assistant coaching hires. Get up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fool your fandom and feel the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers risk-free bets up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. I know, great deal, folks. You can throw down in all the major action of baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Kenny Sam with us. So, Kenny, just quickly, I want to get your takes on some of these assistant coaching hires around the league. So, Todd Monken hired as the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Greg Roman, John Carroll, alum, by the way, is out. What do you think of that? Oh, I think the Ravens got a coup by bringing in Todd Money Monken. Todd Monken is outstanding as a tactician of X's and O's, and not just not just running laps around college coordinators at Georgia, but some of the things he was doing at Georgia, though, with, with formations and pre-snap motion, I mean, he, he really he turned Stenson Bennett a walk-on into what some have said is now the greatest player ever in Georgia history. But it, it's not just that. It, he, he is a very creative mind going back to when he was the head coach at Southern Miss. And he's had big passing offenses in the NFL with Tampa. Um, 
he was the offensive coordinator at Cleveland, but he was not. Uh, he got hired, but you know, for whatever reason, he was the offensive coordinator. But Freddie Kitchens ran that whole show. So, you know, um, but 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 Tom Monk is really smart, though. If, if if he is allowed to call plays, which which he will in Baltimore, but when he's allowed to call plays. He has had success wherever he's gone in college or the NFL. Uh, so I like this, and you know, I bet he's looking at that. I bet he's looking at that tape of Philadelphia and selling the Ravens and Lamar Jackson on. You see what Jalen Hurts is doing right now? I could do the exact same thing with run concepts and pass concepts uh, with Lamar Jackson. So I think this was a great hire. Um, for for Baltimore and Todd Munkin will have success. I think with whoever plays quarterback in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, or if it's somebody else. The Browns hire Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator. Joe Woods is out. What do you think of that? I, I really like Jim Schwartz. This was my number one choice. This was the right choice. This is really the only choice. And, again, Jim, Jim Schwartz, from head coach to coordinator, he has called over 400 NFL games in his career. And he's another guy that he has had success with defenses wherever he's gone. You know, he was in Buffalo in 2014. They led the NFL in sacks. Um He's won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. His defenses in Tennessee were very good. So he's sound. He is. He's just a classic, you know, defensive coordinator that you could turn the defense over to him and he could be the head coach on that side of the ball. And he's going to bring accountability. He is definitely, you know, brings a fiery personality and accountability, which I think the Browns need. And so I really like this hire of uh, Jim Schwartz, and he's had productive units, really good defensive lines, wherever he's been. The Cowboys and Kellen Mond, Kellen Moore, excuse me, pass uh, part ways, and then the Cowboys bring in Brian Schottenheimer as their new OC. What do you think of that? Yeah, I just do not... I just do not know how this guy keeps getting offensive jobs in the NFL. This is classic. This looks like classic cocoon keeper theory. Classic cocoon keeper theory that Mike McCarthy is hiring one of his buddies or something. But um, they they had a stale, stale offenses when he was with Seattle with Russell Wilson, and you know he's found a way to become you know, uh, uh, offensive coordinator again, but I think Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the plays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this sounds like, yeah, this does not sound to end well. I mean, you know, one, one of the knocks at the end of his tenure in Green Bay there in Rogers is Mike McCarthy calling plays, and he, he was way too simple. I mean, there's a, how many slant, slant flats are you going to get? And so, Brian Schoenheimer is the offensive coordinator, but, um, I have seen a business been reported that Mike McCarthy is actually going to be calling the play, so this does not um, look promising. Kellen Moore is going to be the new OC for the Chargers. How do you like that? 
creative mind, you know, I like Clement. I like the, I, I, I like how Kellen Moore. I like some of the things he's done. Um, he's been able to have success uh, with a small sample size when Dak Prescott has not been the quarterback. So he's able to get guys like a Cooper Rush up to speed and you know win games and look good doing it. So he has a lot to work with with uh, the Chargers. And so I would like this more if Kellen Moore incorporates more downfield passing, which is what Josh uh, or uh, Ju- Ju- Justin Herbert does best. And last year, not good last year, <clears throat> Justin Herbert was a bottom five quarterback in yards per target. I mean, he was down there with like Daniel Jones as just just not throwing the ball down the field. And that is, you know, he's got the arm for that. That that was entirely, you know, scheme and trying to put a square peg into a round hole. So hopefully he builds the Chargers offense around what Justin Herbert does best. Mike LaFleur is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Rams. How do you like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one where, you know, the LaFleurs and Sean McVay are very close, and this, you know, this gives a chance. Mike, uh, Mike LaFleur is not going to be calling the plays, but this gives him a chance to work with one of the best, um, one, one of the best offensive minds in Sean McVay and learn some things from him and kind of retool himself a little bit. He's been an offensive coordinator. He knows what it's like. Had mixed results. Um, had 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 mixed results. You know, it was tough when Zach Wilson's the quarterback. Uh, so flashes here and there. But he gets a chance to really learn from the best. And it's just like anything. I mean, you can run the same. You know, you can run the same system, or you know, have the same model on whatever you want to do. Some guys just do it better than others. So he's able to learn from Sean McVay, you know, that play action passing game, building it on the running game. He's he's him and Shanahan are two of the best at that. So learning from there and kind of, you know, just getting better, um, rehabilitating from that jet stint. And the last two the last two Offensive coordinators, at least, um, for Sean McVay have been head coaches. Zach Taylor and Kevin O'Connell and Shane Waldron is now running the offense in Seattle. So he's able to learn for a couple of years, and then hopefully from there, that could land him into a, an offensive coordinator spot again, where he's calling, you know, calling plays or maybe being a head coach like his brother. So this is good for him, I think. It's a good spot for him. He's learning from one of the best. Vic Vangio is hired as the Dolphins DC. How do you like that? Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, how many times has it, how many times has Vic Fangio had a top ten defense? It's been it's been like eight out of ten years he's had a top ten unit. So you know, with with Javon Holland and Xavier Howard and. and you know, Chubb and Phillips 
and you know they should bring back Christian Wilkins, best three pass rushers up front. It has all the makings to have a uh, have a, have a top ten unit next year. So um, you know Vic has that too high safety look that he likes to do with a lot of you know cover six mixed coverages um, that gives offenses problems and you know he's always had top defenses so you know this is great he has uh, pieces to work with too and so this is a great a great hire and you know if they have a top 10 defense next year there's a good chance that Mike McDaniel is going to go uh, two for two in making the playoffs in his first two years as a head coach. So I I, I do like this. Uh, Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive minds in, in the NFL. The Vikings hire Brian Flores as their DC. How do you like that? Yeah, this is one where I like Brian Flores. I like Brian Flores. Um, they're they're over the cap. They do not have a lot of pieces to work with on defense. They're going to need to retool that defense. I don't know what they do with Daniil Hunter. Um, it was one of the worst with yards, points, first downs, everything. So just based on that, Brian Flores, with just a new set of eyes and kind of his success that he's had as a, as, as a defensive mind, he should make them better than they were last year, but they're going to have to give Flores some pieces and invest in that defense to work with because it does not have a lot right now. Um, you know, probably going to have a complete overhaul because they had, you know, an Ed Donatel defense last year that is based on Vic Fangio, two high safeties, uh, not a lot of blitzing. Brian Flores plays a lot of man coverage, one high safety, and he loves to blitz. He blitzes among the highest rate of defensive coordinators. So that is a complete shift in philosophy and personnel. So it's going to be on the front office to get Brian Flores um, enough pieces to really make an impact on that defense. The 49ers hire Steve Wilkes as their new defensive coordinator. How do you like that? Steve's good, man. Steve Wilkes is a good defensive coordinator. He's had top units. He's had top units in Carolina. Um, you know, he did a really good job as an NLM head coach. And this is really a great fit for Steve Wilkes because he's been, you know, he, he, he was a one-year coordinator with Carolina. A lot of success, but only there for one year. And then, you know, one and done with Arizona. Cleveland. He was the Missouri Tigers defensive coordinator in college football uh, back in Carolina. So, so point being is he's been uh, at a lot of different jobs every single year. So now with San Francisco, he takes over that defense and he could probably stay there for a long time because as long as they have Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I see the 49ers continuing having a lot of success, double-digit wins, winning records, and so he could really settle in um, in, in San Francisco for a while with a top-notch unit. And, 
again, he does it long enough. The last two predecessors in that spot have become head coaches, so this could help Steve Wilkes get another opportunity to be a head coach. But um, when, when, when he had reign of defenses, um, the defenses that he's had have been pretty good. Uh, he, he, he just hasn't had enough enough opportunity to really hone in at one city. You know, with, he's been in five different teams in the last five years, so this is good that he can really settle in in uh, San Francisco now. The Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as their new OC. How do you like that? Yeah, mixed bag here with, with with Nathaniel Hackett. Now, Nathaniel Hackett has had some success as the Buffalo offensive coordinator um, with, with Doug Marone. His best work was with Jacksonville and Blake Bortles when they had a top-five scoring offense in 2017. And then, you know... He's 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 close with Aaron Rodgers apparently, and so this is one where he gets to call plays, similar offense to what Mike McFlore likes to do, and you know, looks like the Jets are trying to put pieces in the program that appeal to going all in for Aaron Rodgers. So if Aaron Rodgers comes there. He has Nathaniel Hackett, who his office is coordinator with in Green Bay. And if not, Nathaniel Hackett still has a lot of young talent to work with. Um, you know, with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and whatnot. But it's going to be uh, the, the success there. It could be largely dependent on what quarterback they bring in. The Saints hire Joe Woods, their defensive coordinator. What do you think of that? Yeah, don't, uh, I mean, don't let it get too much just because that Dennis Allen is one of the few head coaches that calls the defense already. So, Joe Woods is going to be there, um, you know, mixing and matching some of what he has done in the past with Cleveland, San Francisco, a lot of cover for, um, and working with the defensive backs. But that's still going to be Dennis Allen's defense, and Dennis Allen is still one who's going to be calling the defense on game days. Uh, he did that last year, so um, I don't see Joe Woods, um, you know, affecting the game too much because he a defensive coordinator. But that's still Dennis Allen's defense, and he's still calling the plays there on game day. So with the Buffalo Bills, it uh, looks like Leslie Frazier is going to be parting ways, uh, at least yeah. for this year. It's going to take some time. What do you think of that? Yeah, you know, it kind of happened late. It just happened last week. Um, you know, I mean, you could probably speak on that a little better, being a Bills fan, but this looks like one where, you know, if you had to break up, some continuity and you know make a change for the sake of making a change since this is the first year that Buffalo kind of has taken a step back with Sean McDermott 
from a corner. For, I mean, you're not going to get rid of McDermott. Ken Dorsey's been there one year. You're not going to get rid of the general manager, Josh Allen. So if you had to make a change to make one, it had to come on the defensive end. But, um, you know, Leslie Frazier, good guy. I don't think they wanted to technically fire him, but, you know, been there long enough where they wanted to do him right. And, you know, probably not the worst thing that they're making a change. And so he's able to kind of quietly step out for a year and probably take a year off and then uh, come back again in the future as a defensive coordinator. I would presume that, you know, it's still Sean McDermott's defense, but I would presume that they hire from within. And Sean McDermott maybe has a little bit more say on the defensive end, the defensive side of the ball. Um, But I know... I think you talked about one time you kind of like the defensive backs coach with the Bills. You know, maybe they hire from within and promote the defensive backs coach. But, um, you know, I would say on that one, Sean McDermott would probably have more and more of a role on the defense next year. Sean McDermott should be calling plays next year. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if he will, but I think that's something that he needs to seriously consider doing. If you're going to yeah, fire Leslie Frazier, then he's the best guy for the job. Yeah, that might have been kind of what he was thinking is quietly try to, you know, do Leslie Frazier right and not, you know, fire him and quietly have him leave and then um, have more say on defense because, you know, Sean McDermott, when he was at the Carolina, he did used to pressure the quarterback and blitz a lot. And I know Buffalo was not among the league leaders in pressure, right? So maybe that's a change of philosophy and they try to, you know, get after some of these quarterbacks a little bit more with Blitzen next year. Kenny, I don't think you're working on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Right, man. Yeah, talking about all these new coaches. You matter. And once again, I don't think Kenny sent for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I don't think all of you for tuning into this episode, the 545th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. <laughs>